Welcome into the January 12th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Leafs win their third straight game, stop the streak of the Preds. It was a 2-1 victory over Nashville. We'll break it all down and give our three stars of the game. And it was night one of a back-to-back, another game tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. They'll be hitting the road and going to Motown, so we'll also tee that game up for you as well. We got a little bit of an update on Austin Matthews and you know what his status could be going forward after missing out on tonight's game. Will it happen again uh, in Detroit? Uh, we'll talk about it and see whether or not we believe that'll be the case. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also check us up on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe, and you'll get new content directly delivered to you each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs. It's all the time. Um, today's episode also is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, Dave. Uh, I mean, it was an interesting game. So Toronto with a 2-1 win over the Nashville Predators. I thought they had a really, you know, pretty solid period. Um, William Nylander was dancing really in that first period. But Matt Murray, I thought, stood on his head. This was, this is, I would, I would call this a goalie duel. Both tendies, I thought, made some big-time stops, keeping this a, a real tight, close game until the very end, until Mitch Marner was able to uh, to break through with that power play goal. But overall, I think goalie duel is probably the the way that I would describe the game tonight. Yeah, I would definitely say that goaltending, like in a game like that where you it's a two one, and you know the difference is, you know, in this game was just that power play at the end of the game, like goaltend, and these are the types of games I think the Leafs realized they needed to start to learn how to win. And that once in a while, the goaltending was going to have to play a part in that, right? You know, we've seen that they've tried to have to outscore the way out of troubles. The defensive kind of picked up the slack. But once in a while, your goaltender is going to have to come up when the other goaltender, when, you know, his opposition is playing at a top caliber. You're not going to get any better than what Nashville got from Saros tonight. And fortunately, Matt Murray was very much equal to the task and even better in this case. Yeah, I mean, like, and he started off great. Like, early on in that game, there was those few saves that he made that was, like, mind-blowing. That it was like, oh, snap. Like, that's those are two big-time stops. I mean, Tanner Janot, I thought, for sure, had a, a wide-open case there. And Murray just kind of, like, backwards, diving, sprawling, able to make the stop. And, and I was down there tonight. I was down at Scotiabank Arena. And honestly, it's the loudest I think I've heard the team get in a while 
the the crowd get in a long time. Like Toronto always gets kind of bogged down on on the crowd, but you know, I thought tonight actually for a game, nah, there was bits bits and pieces of this game where the crowd was into it, but this was one of them. Like everybody got on their hands on their feet and and clapped their hands at Matt Murray after after that sequence and. You know, he really made a bunch more quality saves throughout the game. Um, it, it, you know, one of his better performances, I would say, of the season by far. Yeah, you know, we we've seen him make we we seen him have very good games, but in a game where you have a Nashville team that has played very well, I mean, obviously we we kind of broke it down and said how much goaltending was playing a factor for that, but. These aren't easy games. When a team is on a four game, the four game winning streak, I believe the yeah, natural this one. So, you know they're on a roll, and you know what? It's funny because I I want to call the Leafs streak busters. They have how many streaks have we seen the Leafs broken this season? We have, you know, the Devils was one of them. Like we've seen a lot. The Leafs have kind of they've they come up to to the task. Although a lot of these types of games where a team is on a good streak. And it's like, ah, can Toronto come away? Especially with Austin Matthews out of lineup. Like, we didn't even talk about that being a storyline because the storyline was really Matt Murray in this game. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because I guess when we recorded yesterday's podcast, he was a going to be you know, a game-time decision, I guess. He was going to take part in morning skate, and then they were going to decide after that. Um, and so he took part in morning skate. I was down there for morning skate. We, we did – Leafs lunch from Scotiabank Arena today. I also have kind of a, a funny slash cool story that maybe I'll share a little bit later. Remind me to tell you my story about when I walked into Scotiabank Arena and the characters that I met today. Um, it's it's kind of kind of funny, um, but yeah, like I remember watching him take part in morning skate, and then everybody else left, and there were three guys that were remaining on the ice, three forwards or three skaters rather. It was Jamie uh, Jordy Ben. It was Wayne Simmons, and then it was Austin Matthews. And that told me right then and there, Austin Matthews ain't playing tonight. He's getting some extra work in, um, and he's not playing tonight. But what I would say is the fact that, you know, he has an off day, a maintenance day, and then he's not playing in the game tonight, but did go out and did get some extra work and put in that extra work, that I don't believe that this is a long-term injury. I think we're starting to throw around the term load management at this point when it comes to the NHL. It's something that's starting to creep into the National Hockey League, and that potentially could be what is going on with with Austin Matthews. Like, yes, he's laboring, and there's something that's affecting him, but they're in a situation where they say, we don't need to play these guys 82 games a year like it used to be you know, back in the day. You know, basketball, they've clearly realized that if they only have to play 70 out of 82 games in a year, they're at their their much more optimum efficiency, I suppose. And, and maybe that's starting to leak into hockey. I don't know if, if we'll see this happen quite often, but I feel like this sitting out Matthews was more of a load management type of thing. Maybe we can get into that a little bit uh, later because I'll be curious to see if he does play tonight in Detroit. But the game against uh, – the game against um, – Nashville tonight, I would say like his presence was probably felt, especially on the power play. I thought that the least power play wasn't great. 
uh, it was actually putrid for up until they scored that power play goal. Uh, and and prior to that, though, they had troubles, you know, getting established. They couldn't really get anything on goal. They weren't able to even break in over the line. Like they were just getting clogged up in the neutral zone, turned away at the blue line, and they had to keep reloading. It was um, it, it really didn't do anything. They didn't get many chances either. I remember the first one, I, I was sitting next to, to Mark Masters at TSN. I looked to him, and I'm saying, who's on the power play here? Because it looks like Nashville's actually had more opportunities than the Toronto Maple Leafs did. Um, obviously, they did end up scoring the final, you know, the game winner on the power play with Mitch Marner, but it wasn't great. And I wonder if that's, you know, where Austin Matthews was definitely missed there. Uh, and the fact that, I mean, the team only scored two goals. So <laughs> I guess you could say that offensively. He was missed, but what I would say is I thought William Elander was fantastic tonight uh, in taking his place as the top line center, if you will. Um, I, you know that guy was buzzing, especially in the first period. It seemed like the puck was just attracted to his stick the entire time. He was moving his feet. He was in every single right position he possibly could have been in. The puck was just dancing on his stick, uh, and obviously ended up getting the assist on the opening goal from John Tavares. So I thought that William Nylander filling in for Austin Matthews, you know, that line I thought didn't really, you know, skip a beat. They still had a lot of good scoring chances from him and Michael Bunting. Pierre Engvall was a little more silent than I thought. Maybe I, I would have liked him to be. At one point, Kerfoot ended up going up on that line. There's also instances where they loaded up with, Nylander, Tavares, and Marner, which clearly ended up in that goal towards the end of the first period. Uh, but overall, I thought that the, the team looked good, and they had a lot of good chances. There was just UC Saros was matching Matt Murray's stellar goaltending performance, which is the only reason why there was only three goals scored in total in this hockey game. Luckily, Toronto got the extra. Like, we, we've seen, with William Nylander especially, he is that other guy on the power play. When you look at that power play and what makes it successful is that teams kind of always gravitate towards Matthews. That allows Nylander to get a little bit more of that open, you know, opportunity, right? And so what I loved about the game-winning goal was that the respect all the Predators players showed to William Nylander because they knew with Austin Matthews out, he's the next guy. And yeah. what does do he could have selfishly taken that shot on goal instead he saw that Marner was open also a very tough play to make but he's you know that's that's the sign of maturity I think we're seeing in Nylander's game we're, we're seeing we've seen it countless times before where Matthews is out Nylander is the one that naturally gets moved to center and it's almost like well he's, it, he's it, we haven't Typically, we don't we haven't seen Nylander get moved to center a whole lot. Typically, they'll move Tavares up, and then Kerfoot ends up moving in, into the middle. Well, also when they do, like I remember when they did the super line of Tavares, Matthews, and Marner, and then it's Nylander who usually is the guy that Keith has put at center. We remember that in the playoffs, and it hasn't really worked out as well. But I mean, we I, we mentioned I don't know if we mentioned or Sheldon Keith kind of mentioned how. I think you mentioned in the Discord that Sheldon Keefe has liked what Nylander has done defensively, and that's what made him more comfortable to put him at the center. Well, he so talked about – so in his media availability yesterday, he had talked about the growth in William Nylander's game, and he did talk about that. 
and how he also wanted to give him an opportunity to uh, maybe his game. And, and Willie also said my game last few games had kind of gone away from him a little bit. He wasn't playing to the consistency and to the level that um, he knows he can get to and feels like there's another gear that he could get to. And Keith um, agreed, I guess, and thought moving him into the middle might get him more touches and get him going. And in a game, if they want to bring Austin Matthews out, he should be the guy who's carrying the puck a little bit more on that top line. And that's why they decided to give him that. And the defensive play, you know, to, to be a center in the National Hockey League, you have much more defensive responsibility than you do if you're a winger. And I'm not sure two years ago that we could sit here and say that we feel comfortable with Willie, you know, in a defensive role or being the the first guy on the back check. But what we've seen this season is he is willing to do that. And the buy-in is there for Neilander. So I think that moving him to the center and kind of just getting a look and seeing, all right, what can we work with? If an injury occurs, is this a possibility? I think that's what tonight was like, just kind of a, well, let's put some things together and see how things look. And if down the line we, some injuries occur, you know, we've toyed with some stuff to see what works and what doesn't. I think William Nylander, as a as a centerman, could work. I think it could work should an injury occur to, to one of these top guys. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you need to see if that can – and it might need to be a case where you need to juggle the lines a little bit here. And knowing that maybe you can trust William Nylander to play center – can open up different possibilities. Now, that's just in, like, the most, like, I'm not calling for it to happen. We've seen it happen before. It's just good to know that there is a, there could be a potential where it, it does happen and we have a bit of a track record here where he can do it. And, look, this might not be a one-game thing. This could be the same if Austin Matthews is not able to play against the Red Wings. And who knows if it's going to go past the the next game, right? That's something that has to be kind of kept in mind here. Yeah, I think we can get to that uh, in in a, in a little bit here. But first, um, why don't I t- why don't we take a quick break? And on the other side, we'll do a three starts of the game, and then we'll get into kind of the Austin Matthews chat and start teeing up Leafs and Red Wings tonight. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. It's BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, you got the playoffs coming up. You got hockey, basketball, uh, MLB will be right around the corner. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fast and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs Toronto with a 2-1 win over the Nashville Predators, uh, now winners of three in a row. They're the streak stoppers, as we've coined them, as they have been putting halts to a lot of streaks so far this season. And the Preds came in on a four-game heater and uh, no more. They now leave with zero points as the Leafs were able to score late on the power play. Mitch Marner scored it. And uh, they end up with a 2-1 win. So let's get to our three stars from tonight's victory. Your third star, Dave. I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Oh. I have to. I don't think I've ever done this before. I don't think we've ever done this before. So I, 
I just want to say that I didn't cheat today, and you're the only one cheating. I just need to make that be known that I actually have three separate people slotted in my first, second, third star. Cheating. What? That's not even why I'm cheating. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You have, once in a while, you have to recognize when someone on the other side has a good performance. Mm. Uh, I have to give UC Saros a shout out here because that game, while it was a 2-1 win for the Leafs, should not have been a 2-1 win for the Leafs. No. Like, as good as Matt Murray was, UC Saros was just fantastic. Like The saves he made in this game, just even go back and look at the highlights if you didn't yeah. watch the full game. There were chance after chance, guys breaking in alone on that, tips, just anything you could throw. This like UC Saros was a brick wall. And the only reason why he wasn't able to pick up the win tonight was because he is not seven feet tall and could not reach. Like he still had a somewhat of a chance to get Marner's shot there if he had maybe a couple of extra seconds. Yeah, he's he's barely six feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only one kind of bucking the trend there when it comes to uh, to, to goaltenders. Yeah, the Maple Leafs had 19 slot shots um, tonight on net. They had 11 scoring chances off the cycle, seven scoring chances off the rush, and had six odd man rushes tonight. So um, yeah, the UC Soros had to come up big a couple of times throughout this game for sure. So, uh, we'll, we'll let it slide. He, he certainly deserves some love though. Um, I'm giving my third star to Mitch Marner. I know that he technically scored the game winning goal. And for whatever reason, he was given the first star in the building as well. I'm not sure if he was also given the first star on the broadcast. It was Matt Murray that got the first star. So in the building, they gave it to Mitch Marner and I was like, no chance. Like, I, I'm sorry. I know he scored the game winner, but, like, like we all know who the first star of the game was for the Maple Leafs that night. Uh, but Matt Mar- or, um, Mitch Marner still, like, had a pretty good game. I mean, he scored the game-winning goal, and he was buzzing out there all over the place. So, you know, I think that at, he at least needs to be acknowledged for the game that he had. Had a couple of really good opportunities, and then finally, like I said, breaking through on the power play after, you know, some very meh power plays. When you look at the underlying numbers, um, he had the best Corsi for the entire team at 78%. He had 18 uh, shot attempts for only five shot attempts against while he was out there on the ice, outshot his opponents 12 to two while he was out there on the ice. And this, all these numbers are at five on five. So not even including the power play with uh, a 60% expected goal. Uh, rating while out there on the ice with four high danger chances. So, you know, Mitch Marner was uh, a guy who was buzzing out there tonight. So I, I want to give, obviously he deserves some love also for the game winner, but he's going to be my third star for tonight. No, it's very, he, he was, he was all over kind of all over the ice there in this game. So yeah, he, he, he didn't have as big of a presence as I felt Willen Nylander had. Mm-hmm. You know, Nylander had the tougher assignment because he had to not only change, you know, change from wing to the center, but he also had to do it with, I'm going to say, with line mates that don't equal to what Mitch Marner had. So that's why I had William Nylander as my second star for that reason. But, but I mean, Mitch Marner, like that, that goal he scored, it also tied him for the record with, uh, franchise record with uh, Daryl Settler. So that also deserves. 
for what what was the record? The record was for consecutive uh oh home games with a point. Yeah, home games with a point. Okay, I did see that record. I didn't know it was tied with Sittler, but I didn't know that he had uh, tied a record tonight. Um, but I also have William Melander as my my second uh, second player. He had two apples on the evening for William Melander, and I believe he had a team high in expected goals tonight of sixty nine percent. Yes, sixty nine point nine three percent expected goals was on the ice for thirteen scoring chances on the ice for seven high danger scoring chances uh, tonight. So he he was he was electric though. Like that first period, I swear to you, you looked at him and you said, "How is this guy not going to the All Star game?" Like this this William Melander has a gear when he's on. Like this dude is legitimately a top line superstar talent, and we saw that in the first. It didn't result in any goals, but he had made so many good. Um, he had so many good looks and he was setting guys up and he, the puck always found its way back on his stick. He was skating back, back checking hard. He was four checking. He had a good active stick to, to take pucks away. You know, he's just a real solid sound player. And, um, I hope he can continue playing this way because I, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to, to beat this team when they have so many guys playing at an elite level, 17 shots. He was on the ice for tonight for the Maple Leafs. Not shot attempts, but actual shots, um, which obviously led the entire team. Um, so, you know, William Nylander, for me, definitely gets uh, a star. But the first star has to go to the cold tender Matt Murray because he was just unbelievable tonight and made some real five-star saves. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Dominic Hatchik-esque save that he made, um, like that you were that you mentioned earlier. But – just a lot of chances that, you know, we there was that there was that period where people were just like, is this Leafs goaltending starting to fizzle out a little bit here? Now it it still feels a bit of a you know roller coaster in a way. Like we haven't been we haven't seen that level of consistency after you know we just went through this period where they were both him and Samsonov went through that that tough stretch. But um, these are the kinds of games that. You know, you can feel good about when games start to get tougher. And, you know, this is what Matt Murray, I think, was supposed to be when the Ottawa Senators traded for him. And then that didn't work out. Um, so now I, I feel like he, there's a level of comfort he feels that in Toronto that maybe he just never had in Ottawa. And maybe having that one-two punch with Samsonov really helps as well because he's not being asked to carry too much of, of a load but i i can't really say anything but good things for matt murray right now like it's it's i know he went through a tough spell but he's found a way to battle through it and that's all you can ask for when your goaltender is going through those stretches all i care about is just find a way to get those wins and now he's only getting the wins he's helping them kind of steal games as well yeah a 970 save percentage for Matt Murray tonight, pretty good. Uh, not not too shabby. Uh, allowed one goal. He faced twelve high danger shots tonight and uh, stopped eleven of the twelve. So the only one was the one, obviously the Phil Forsberg goal, which is just, you know it's just a nice play by Phil Forsberg, to be honest with you. Um, but outside of that, stopped everything else that was sent his way. And there was a lot of rubber sent his way 
um, tonight. Ended up stopping, making 32, uh, 32, 33 saves. So, you know, he was busy tonight, busy often, and he made some big-time stops, not only in the first period, but even the third period. After they had scored the go-ahead goal, you know, he had to make that big scramble save in front and try and find that puck to hold on to it in a bit of a scramble with a bunch of guys in and around his crease. And they got that whistle. But, you know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were allowing those response goals right after they had just taken the lead and, and which would kill their momentum. Um, and that was kind of going through my head. But, nope, never came. I was able to, to lock it down, got the save at the right time. And uh, they were able to uh, obviously run away with the victory there. All right. So those are our three stars for tonight's game. Um, We'll take one more quick break. When we get back, we'll tee up the Leafs and Red Wings. That'll be taking place uh, tonight. It's a back-to-back, I guess. Uh, Well, I guess by the time you're listening to this game, it'll be tonight. Uh, or by the time this is podcast, it'll be tonight. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Also, we'll we'll re-engage on the Matthews conversation because I'm curious to see where you're at on whether or not you think he will or whether you think he should play tonight. And if not, I guess we didn't really talk about Bobby McMahon and his debut as well. So we'll do that on the other side too. Uh, but first, Dave, how about a word from one of our show sponsors? Yep, and that is... Uh... Built Bar. So if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just went through the holidays, everyone, and I know that everyone is now trying to get into kind of a reset, right? 2023, let's get healthier. Let's try to put healthier, have a healthier mindset. Well, Built Bar will definitely help you with that because not only is it healthy, it is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes those bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brown peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I I have had the cookie dough. I've tried many different Built Bar flavors. That's what I love about Built Bar is they have a wide selection, wide selection of flavors. I'm not sure how Built does it. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better than that is they are healthy because they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, they've been talking about trying to get, you know, we've been talking about getting Built Bars online at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bar. You can even pick up a four-box of chocolate of, of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Also, if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Doring, you can fake me later. Make sure you go over to Built.com if you want to go and order online and use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That is Lock 15. Get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Um, We got the Mavis with night two of back-to-back tonight, taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Um, 
they played each other pretty recently. Like, well, played each other last weekend, and Toronto came away victorious, a 4-1 win. Matt Murray um, ended er Samsonov had that start, and he'll get the start again uh, tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Toronto's fared pretty well against against the Red Wings so far this season. They're two and zero. They've outscored them eight to three in those two games, but they've also won five straight meetings in Detroit, Dave. So all things point to it should be a good game for the Maple Leafs. They should be able to win this one. Um, and I mean, on paper, they should still, even, even if Matthews doesn't play, they should still be able to win this game. They are still the better team on paper, in my opinion, but let's talk about Austin Matthews because he missed the game against the Nashville Predators and what Sheldon Keefe had said in his uh, availability before the game was, you know, he'd been dealing with something for quite some time. Wasn't really, you know, we took a quick twirl around for state and we realized, uh, you know, he's he's not going to play. It's still an undisclosed injury. We don't know exactly what it is. There's some speculation on what it could potentially be, but there's no concrete fact or information on it. Um, that being said, you know, I, I, I wonder if, again, as I had noted earlier in the pod, if this is just a matter of, kind of load management and you know similar to what i believe the team's doing with tj brody where you know they say you got a nick and a bruise you want to get healed up cool we'll give you the week because we've got the depth and we believe that we can kind of get through it we've afforded ourselves that with you know the fact that we're so far ahead in the standings we kind of already know how things are going to play out regardless um i think the same thing is happening with austin matthews potentially they're like if you need a game or two We'll give you a game or two if that'll kind of help heal up whatever ailment you have. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it going for the second half of the season. But I also wonder if that's what's impaired him on his goal scoring. Like if this truly is dating back, because they said he'd been dealing with it for a while. If this dates back to the auto to the Dallas game where he took some shots to uh, the ribs and the oblique and like this whole area was kind of not feeling great for Austin Matthews after that game. And there was highly speculation that he was really feeling the after effects afterward. Could it have lingered this long? I don't know, potentially. And if that's the case, could that have impacted, you know, his shot, which he's just been a little off the mark all year. Like last year, he was just pinpoint accurate. This year, a little off the mark. And I I wonder if this might have something to do with it. So the team's just kind of saying, hey, if you need a couple of games, you know, if, if you know, the last time they played was Sunday, if they sit there and say, it's fine, you want to not play Wednesday, Thursday, come back and play the Boston game on Saturday. We'll give you basically an entire week off, six days off, and then come back for that big game. Go ahead. We can afford that. Um that's almost how I'm currently reading the situation. I don't think it's a major injury or a big deal, just a, a little bump and bruise. And they're hoping that uh, if he can rest it for a few days, few games, then maybe he'll be, you know, have a little bit better of a second half, more productive second half than first half. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine if he's missing one, maybe two games because, you know, this is just something that they feel like he needs to do to get himself right. I've got no problem with that. When it gets to like three, four games, that's where you're kind of saying, 
this is a little more serious than I think maybe it's being let on. But it doesn't sound like that. Like I was watching clips from him at practice. It didn't look he didn't look like a player who was dealing with anything serious. He looked yeah. like that. I was there. I, I I was watching him with my own eyes. It for sure he did. He looked completely normal. Like if I hadn't known that there was a possibility that he wasn't playing, I would have thought that he was going to play today based on how he looked at practice. He wasn't ginger, you know, nothing. And then when I saw him stay out there with the presumed scratches for tonight, then I kind of put two and two together and thought, oh, maybe he's not going to play after all. So, um, you know, I, I, I'll i be curious to see, though, if he plays tonight. I mean, if you're not going to play him against Nashville at home, I mean, there's probably no sense in – playing them against Detroit the next night on the road, right? You might as well give them both nights off, re-energize yourself. Hopefully you can heal up whatever ailment you got. And uh, we'll see it. We'll see him Boston on Saturday for a big game against the Bruins. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that game, the game against the Bruins is far more important considering how close, I mean, the Leafs are going to try to catch him in San Jose. They have to. Uh, you can't feel like that's a, a goal, an attainable goal still at this point. So, yeah, if back-to-back situation, maybe they feel like just one game is enough. But, I mean, at this point, you've given them this game off, you give them another one off, you guess the off day Friday. Then you then it almost pretty much clears up a perfect opportunity for him to get back against Boston. Like, I would rather yeah. him at his best against Boston than him coming back against Detroit and there's still some sort of if about whether he should be playing, right? I don't want, like, there should be no iffy area. Like, he's not probably be 100%, but I'd rather not have him be 60%. Let's try to get him closer to that one. So, it appears that uh, Bobby McMahon is going to be traveling with the team on the road trip. He was the player who was called up um yesterday and got into his first nhl game today so stick taps to bobby mcmahon um but i thought that he played well like he played in not technically in place of austin matthews but he was the other forward who came in when they reshuffled lines so you know somewhat the matthews replacement um but i actually thought he he played rather well in the game against nashville i thought that you know he made some smart plays he was pretty simple uh, I thought that he was well detailed, you know, a little chip and chase action. He, he has some really good speed, you know, on the four check. And I thought he created a couple of turnovers. Um, he had one nice look, I, I thought. So I thought he was a decent little fourth line player. And, you know, if, if you're bringing him back on the road trip in Detroit tomorrow, uh, you might as well play him, right? Give Matthews the night off and, and get one more look at uh, at this kid and see what, what he's all about. It's funny. I don't know if you heard. So it's the dad's trip that they're going on for this uh, for this road trip. And um, I, Bobby McMahon's father, Cecil McMahon, uh, has been asked to join them. Because so, he's now with the team, right? So like, hey, you know, so they flew into Toronto to watch their son play in his first NHL hockey game, they're from Alberta. And he gets there, and they're like, well, Mom, you can go back to Alberta, but we're going to take Papa McMahon because we're now on the father's trip, and he's a part of the team, which means his father's also part of this family, and we're going on a roadie, which is hilarious because he's like, I packed for one day. It's like, well, 
your boy's making uh, big league cash now on an NHL salary, so I think he could buy a couple of a couple new uh, outfits for you know a little vacay to Detroit and Boston. I think the Leafs can also maybe help him out with some Leafs gear that's kind of hanging around. I think I think his dad will be quite all right, you know, over the next few days. Yeah, I would imagine so. I would uh, I would imagine that would be the case. That'd be that that'd be a fun trip to to be a part of. Eh? The dad's trip. You got all the you know all the players and the young dudes, and then you got all the old guys with all the dads kind of doing their thing. I just imagine like which one of their fathers just gets super rowdy and just becomes like. Do you remember? Um, were you a big Friends fan? Yes. So do you remember? Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Mustache. Got dated Monica. Magnum PI. What's his name? Yeah, I can't believe that I'm forgetting his his name. Um, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yes, thank you, Tom Selleck. It, remind, it reminds me if there's gonna be like some sort of scene. Remember when uh, Joey and Chandler like become best friends with Tom Selleck, and then he's like, "You're much cooler than our dads," and then he's like, "Oh, you look at me as a cool father." <laughs> like, I wonder which one of those fathers is gonna be like the cool dad where. You know, Marner or Kerfoot or, you know, one of these guys or Matthews, Neyland, I don't know, somebody kind of hangs out with them. And, you know, it's like, oh, you're much cooler than my dad and just kind of goes hard or goes and has a good time. That'll be interesting. They used to do the moms. I don't know. They probably might still do a mom's trip. I know they kind of alternate. but Don't they usually do that? Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't. Yeah, I was going to say do that around Mother's Day, but I mean, that would you would have to be in the playoffs deeply to, to, for that to happen. So, another road trip. I remember that. And I remember Mitch Marner's mother being kind of the, she would be the, that type of, like when you're talking about like the one that's kind of center of attention. She was definitely one of those with her, uh, I think when she was doing the floss dance move wins, I think, uh, I think it was when Mitch scored. Nice. So. Maybe nice. the family will uh, come up big on that one. Very nice. Um, yeah, Ilya Samsonov going to get the start tonight after Murray started um, in the game against Nashville. So, uh, yeah, Toronto, you know, just pretty much do the exact same thing that they did the other night. Came away with a 4-1 win. I would say copy-paste the game plan, and, and away you go. Uh, give me a quick prediction. What do you think happens tonight? Back to back. I mean, Leafs are fantastic on back to back. So I, I can't. I can. I'm predicting a Leafs win. I'm gonna go somewhere like a five two. Five two win. Five two. Five two. I'm gonna go back to back four one victories. They won four one the other night in Toronto. I think they win four one again here in Motown. That's going to be my prediction. And I think Bobby McMahon will play and Bobby McMahon will score his first goal in the National Hockey League. That is my prediction. Yes. Ah, I have to tell you the story. Oh, yes. I want to hear the story. So I met three individuals today. Three individuals, uh, part of the, the Leafs brass, all at separate times, too. Funny enough. Um, so because I was at Scotiabank Arena doing Leafs lunch today, I you know get to go for morning skate and I had to walk through Scotiabank Arena and go up the media elevator and into the media gondola where we do our show. 
So as I'm walking through Scotiabank, I see this other gentleman walking towards me and he looked kind of familiar. I'm like, I know this person, but I don't know who he is, but he's eyeballing me too. We're looking at each other. And then he extends his hand out to shake my hand and he says, Al's brother, how's it going? And right away, I'm like, okay, he clearly knows who I am. So I embarrassingly didn't say like, who are you? I just shook his hand and said, oh, I'm doing good. How are things with you? And then, you know, we like, it was very much like a quick shake. How's it going? Just a quick stop and chat. And then we were going about our ways. And then as he's shaking my hand, he's like, oh, good. Brandon Pridham. And then keeps walking. And then I went my own separate ways. So had a quick stop and chat, I guess, and introduced, well, Brandon Pridham, I guess, introduced himself to me, um, which I thought was kind of, kind of cool. Uh, just randomly, because you know what it is? Like, you know, he's somebody who I always, like, we talk about him a lot, right? Being like this team's capologist, he's technically the assistant general manager of the team, but he doesn't really get a lot of FaceTime and like airtime. I don't even think I've ever seen him do an which is why I was looking at him and I'm like, I don't know if I know you, but I, you're looking at me as if I should know you because you know who I am. And I felt really bad afterwards that uh, that I didn't recognize him. But then afterwards, I, you know, you know, shook hands and went about our ways. And I kind of turned around and I told him, you're doing a good job with the cap, by the way. <laughs> and he got a little chuckle and then kind of kept going his way and, and I went my way. And then uh, on my way out of the building i also ran into kyle dubas and just gave him a quick little head nod hey how's it going um as we did uh just kind of pass by each other and a little acknowledgement to one another and uh and then i was at the game tonight and up in the press box jason spezza was there and he walked past and a little head nod of acknowledgement with with Spezza as well. So I was running into Maple Leafs front office members, left, right, and center today. It was crazy. Like we joked about it on this Discord that hey, maybe Austin Matthews will hang out with you in the up in the gondola there. But looks like they're all gonna go find you. Like they're you're not seeking them out. They're seeking you out when you're at the building. Yeah, I don't know what it was, man. I was just running into these guys left, right, and center. But uh you know, yeah, it's it, that's what happens when you're around the building. They, they're around. They're, they're around. They know what's going on. They're a hardworking bunch who are always at the rink. So, um, you know, hopefully they can put together and build a build a team that can deliver a championship to this club. But I think they're on they're on the right track. I, I like what what's going on with this club right now. I really, really do. I think this is a Stanley Cup contending team. And, uh, you know, they started off the second half of the season with a victory against Nashville. And hopefully they can get uh, a victory in game number 43 against the Red Wings tonight. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Nuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti, uh, follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. Leave a like and a comment down on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode for you guys. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.